Oh, noisy computer. Oh, no. In the reds, now in the medium. In the medium, in the reds. This should be good. Is this good? Is this good? Is this good? This should be good. I'll be about right here. Now this noisy computer needs to come off here. And I'm gonna click. There we go, how's that for starting? There's machinery noises. Hello, hello, good day, good morning, hello. Hi, it's Joey. Joey McGarry and uh, I feel really crazy still I felt crazy for about a stretch of two weeks and I figured it would be good to do this which is record my voice into a little machine and then uh, upload it onto the World Wide Web where uh, my voice is available for all kinds of people to listen to and um, so they'll listen to the noises that my mouth is making and um, they'll interpret them in many different ways so I'm gonna do two parts to this podcast this is the off-the-cuff one where I'm just gonna speak and go crazy <laughs> no no I'm just gonna speak and go crazy you know Sometimes you just gotta speak, and sometimes you gotta go crazy. Sometimes at the same time. I'm just gonna speak. I had a couple things I wanted to talk about, and then I have a, a shitload of notes that I'm gonna do a more structured one later. So this is the unstructured, and then we're gonna do the structured sometime this week. And I'm hoping to have, uh, this will be a funny one, but I'm hoping to have my business partner on the podcast. Um, sometime this week we'll we'll see if we can squeeze that in I think that would be really funny um, our minds are so completely different that I think it would make for a funny and interesting podcast especially him talking about rollerblading is really interesting um, so um, I'm back I'm Joey I haven't recorded a podcast in quite a while uh, I was doing a 30-day yoga challenge and then I went on a trip to Laos to visit my girlfriend who just finished her yoga training and then I came back and then I was super jet lagged but this brings me to the first thing I'm going to talk about and it's not going to be my trip because I don't know why when people talk too much about their trip like unless you get asked direct questions I never like referencing like uh, traveling or anything like that I I don't think I've ever said Oh, yeah, you know, when you go traveling, it just really opens up your mind and to other cultures and to other people. And I'm just not the same person that I was if I didn't go traveling recently. There's just like, there's different places that you see and different people that you meet. And it's just like, I, never mind. Um, <clears throat> so I came back from... I was traveling on airplanes, different airplanes, uh, for the longest period ever in my life. I, I don't, I think I was like on airplanes for 20 something hours and like crossing uh, eight hours worth of time zones, something like that. It was fucking crazy, so surreal. I got, um, I went to the doctor before I left and I was like, hey, is there anything you can give me? Um, that feels like you've just had like a few beers three or four beers but it doesn't make you pee because especially if you get like stuck on that back seat or the side seat on the plane and I, I always suck myself out like oh fuck okay in five minutes I'm gonna get up and pee okay in ten minutes I'm gonna get up and pee oh this, these two people are sleeping beside me so if there's something that just made it feel like I've had some beers um, anyways he, descri he described me 
he pers prescribed me, prescribed me, he pre-described me um, lorazepam, which is also named Adivan. And uh, I like that shit so much on the way. I only got like five pills of it. And uh, it was for, I think, two, a couple for on the way there and a couple for on the way back. Obviously, I had to test the product before I got on the plane. So I think I tested it like a couple nights before and just hung out at home. And uh, I remember just falling asleep really quickly. I guess that's what it does. And then um, the flight was so long on the way there that um, I used like all four pills. And damn, it worked really well. It, it felt like I didn't even... Uh, fly on a plane for that long anyways so the way back was torture although we got like those uh there's lots of movies and stuff anyways i when i came back from all that i hadn't i don't know like about jet lag that much like i haven't felt like intense jet lag but that shit was fucking crazy but here's the most important thing um i sat down i felt crazy for over a week. I still feel pretty crazy, but I'm coming out of it. Um, I'm the first little bit. I was definitely detached from reality. It was like, it definitely felt like a hangover without the slow, the slowness and the heaviness and the headache. It was like a lighter, there was parts where I felt like I was on mushrooms for sure. Like I went for a hike and all of the colors, um, felt just a little bit tinted one way, like the blues of the blue hitting the snow and um, I couldn't articulate myself very well. So I came back from the trip, it was like the day after we came back and um, I sat down at the computer and I just, I popped um, a bit of footage from one of the videos that we were filming or one of, we fil finished filming Mushroom Blading Volume 6. We filmed it in I think seven sessions, there was one that we filmed at Pop Contest, which was at the start. That's when we just decided to start filming for the new video. Um, and I'll get a little bit more into that in a sec, but I dropped, it always starts like this. So the loose theme for this podcast is editing. And sometimes how editing happens for me, especially this time happens, there's different forms of editing in my world. And this, the one that just happened was my absolute favorite kind and it always strikes when you don't know so I just dropped some footage into the sequence I felt really crazy and uh, I think did I start it when I was started on the Saturday so or Friday and I got back on a Thursday night so I dropped it in and I just started playing just started playing around and then uh, something started to form and this is when it really starts, is when you're dropping different songs in and then maybe chopping some things here, chopping some things there, and then all of a sudden, something just sticks. There's a feeling that you get from the footage and the music being together. David Lynch always talks about, in he doesn't always talk about, but in Catching the Big Fish, he has this part where he said, you can't just drop in your favorite song and, and call it a day. He's like, the music has to marry with the picture. And that was the first time um, he articulated how I have always liked to edit. And sometimes you'll still misstep. Sometimes you, you'll think that the song that you drop in fits, but what I always think is I need to feel it in my gut. I need to like feel some kind of weird emotion. It'll, it'll like mold together into one thing. So that's what happened. And it wasn't particularly like, it was this song that um, when I was on the trip and just before, it was this song that I could play at any point and it fit, there's those songs that you play and it fits any mood. And uh, I just put it in with the footage and it was like, the footage was sunny and it was like open and playful and there were some quotes and I was like, yeah, okay, this is the start. This is the start of the video. <laughs> and then, then the problem in my world this is where shit gets crazy, and, and you can't control it sometimes. Oh, my hand hit the thing. This is where shit gets crazy, and you can't control it. Then, I got, I edited that first little section, and then I hit, like, the next bit of footage that we filmed, and I swear, something, it feels like something in the back of your head <laughs> opens up, and you just start 
downloading the entire video from another place. Like I started to see the whole video and I started like every song started to come in, um, how I was gonna like cut, like edit certain songs, how I was gonna cut certain sequences. I was getting really excited to get to certain places and all I could think about was just like, just getting the video out as soon as possible. That's all I could think of because I saw pretty much, I don't know, 80% of it. I didn't know some of the songs. And so uh, for three days, there was like, uh, Saturday night we went to um, a birthday party, girlfriend's brother's birthday party, and I got really wasted. I had to like, um, uh, what's that word? Shit. See, I can't articulate myself very well, but I, it was really loud and really crowded and I just was not ready for that. So I had to drink more to try and like um, numb the overstimulation, but I had a super wicked hangover on um, Sunday and my sleep schedule too was so, cr I would wake up at really insane times like three in the morning and just start editing. Like as soon as I would sit down at the computer, it was the first time where I felt like I was really, truly possessed. I get in flow sometimes. I get in flow with past videos for sure. Like, I get possessed. But this was the first video where I it was like three days. I would sleep and I would edit. And I would like, I didn't eat that much. And I didn't exercise. Um, I didn't write my poor girlfriend there's a really funny picture of me in the middle of it and she was saying how I looked like a whack job and I thought it was really uh, fitting that I was editing a video with whack in the title and I was a whack job just whackness all over um, <laughs> whack <laughs> whack mode <laughs> we should call the video whack mode <laughs> uh, anyway so I edited the video in like equal time that Smell the Glove was edited. I think I edited the video in, there was obviously some fine tuning things on the fourth and fifth day, but the entire structure of the video and every song and everything was edited in a really short amount of time, which was cool because the video was filmed in a really short amount of time. And to bring it back to the first thing that I wanted to say, um, I remember I was really caffeinated one day. And it's so bizarre when things pop in to your head. I was turning into uh, this uh, shopping box store. The Kamloops, there's like box stores all over the place, lots of parking lots. So I was turning into this one parking lot right by where uh, Todd used to work, Movie Gallery, which is now closed. Um, just a quick side note, every uh, video store, uh, Rogers just closed down, Blockbuster closed down, Movie Gallery closed down. Uh, I want to talk about this with someone in the next podcast, but it's fucking crazy that we're watching the death of movie and music stores right in front of our eyes. So crazy. Um, but there is still a local video store, which is badass. And they carry Cirque du Soleil in the documentary section. So if you're ever in Kamloops, go rent Cirque du Soleil at uh, Movie Mart. Um, anyways, I was taking this turn into the parking lot. And I don't know what song I was listening to. It's always like, you listen to music. There was a really cool interview with Arlo Eisenberg about um, when he first started thinking of what do you believe in and coming up with the concepts and writing it. He just said he would sit down and start listening to songs that gave him some kind of feeling and that's where he went with. Um, to keep it with the editing theme, uh, when, I, when I'm listening to music, I'm constantly seeing visuals. And it, I mean, it's not always skating. There's some songs where boom, it's like I see skating right away, but I listen to music and I see visuals and I get feelings from them. And um, that's kind of how, that's like one of my favorite things to do is just listen to music and zone out with my imagination. Actually, it's not zone out. It's like get into an altered state, like going hiking and listening to music or yeah, driving a car. It's all things that are really connected to my youth and how I originally developed my imagination. It's a visual and sound thing. So I was listening to this song, taking this turn. I have no idea what song it was. Um, 
I'm sure it'll come back eventually, and then maybe I can tell the listeners or whoever what song it was. But boom, it just popped in, and then um, I was like, "Fuck, I got a phone Todd," because there's there's always like these points where like emails or phone calls where uh, one of us will be really crazy with an idea, and uh, those are always historical because then. That's like when we come up with a concept for a video or a title or something like that. Wacky Mode actually happened on one of the podcasts, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, so I went into like this bookstore. I was just like killing time. Sometimes I like to walk around a bookstore and look at like the, the um, occult and new age and uh, like all those fucking weird books I think spiritual I don't know there's that really weird section it's like there's astrology books but there's like just bizarre books where people like have really insane theories and there's like books on shamanism and crystals and all that I love looking at that section because it kind of like sparks the imagination anyway so I got I, I got into chapters and I phoned Todd and I was like I can't remember what I said or what the concept was but I just said um, we should the next mushroom blading should be like us just skating around like really far distances and he was like yeah because I think he had already said something about that he just wanted to do lots of skating around and uh, that's where it started so um, from the I don't like using the term art too much but from a creative idea the the like seed that gets planted and then actually um, the process of it it turns out to be something different at the end which is what this was but um, uh, the process of of filming the video matched the editing and I've never made a video in that style before it's always been uh, obviously edits and things like that but in terms of what is packed into this thing um, yeah, it turned out really good and um, the downloading I kind of digress there I don't know if it's just for me people obviously get into flow when they edit um, but this was absolutely insane I was possessed by the video and there was nothing else I could do until um, this video until I could release it into the world and thankfully it only took a little bit of time to edit that it didn't take a long time um, so that's the first thing about editing that I wanted to say is that um, sometimes you get struck by this lightning they call it the muse they call it uh, I don't know idea space whatever the hell and it feels like the back of your head opens up and all of the ideas are flowing in all at the same time and sometimes you can't work fast enough to get out I was lucky that I had just gotten back I didn't have to work until Monday so in in my world I was like fuck okay I'm just gonna try and hammer out as much of this as possible and uh, yeah there was there was certain points where I knew the vibe of the song that I was trying to pick but I couldn't hit it and then you have to like here's the second part about editing so one you can get things downloaded in like insane like boom beyond in flow there's being in flow and then there's just all the ideas coming in all at once and you see the entire video from beginning to end and you have to make it. You have no other choice. You have to make it and you have to get it out so you can move on and your head doesn't blow up. Um, what was the second one? Holy fuck, I lost my train of thought there. I'll go back. So, one, two. Oh, you have to, um, if you're stuck, you have to go for a walk or like take a shower because hygiene goes out the door uh, eat, drink water you have to remember to pee there's sometimes where like um, these are all very basic things but um, like if you're stuck and you're trying to think of a song you might be like holy shit I haven't taken a drink of water in 8 hours and I haven't pissed so you'll take like a drink of water and you'll pee and then boom the what you were like stuck on for a little while just pops in like it's that classic thing you're trying to 
find a solution for some kind of a problem and you're focusing so hard on it that all you need to do is just go do something else and then it pops in and it comes back. I've talked about this in previous podcasts and I think the biggest flaw of the artist lifestyle, oh my, I am just, an, I am just gonna focus on my music. I am just gonna live my music and that is it. Um, it's a really depressing existence because I can see how you get stuck unless you were like an absolute professional like you worked on music from 9 to 5 or whatever and you had breaks just like any other job but most people don't do it that way so I find that there's a bit of power in having other jobs and other things going on and um, <laughs> trying to be good with your human relationships and all those things and and uh as long as they're ready for you to become a whack job for a certain amount of time, um, I, I like the sway. The sway between uh, the insane world of being overly creative and the practical world. But sometimes you have to ditch one for the other just for a certain amount of time, which is what happened. Um, third thing about editing is more about what you... Um, don't include than what you include and sometimes there's an exception for the videos um, This had a different theme, which I won't I don't like talking about the videos too much. Um, I got a, a Email from Sam from Dirtbox and he had a really good idea, which we're probably gonna do When Todd's up for Christmas, I haven't told Todd yet, but um, we're gonna record some commentaries for some videos um, so it will be like press play now and then we'll do a commentary um I don't like talking too much about the video like I think artists artists musicians that uh, refuse to do interviews about the press too much press and interviews about the albums and stuff and like I'm not a huge fan of directors commentary unless it's really uh, abstract and, and out there I don't like to dilute the final thing too much. I'd rather just start working on new stuff than talk about the old stuff, but I think we'll, we're gonna try this commentary thing and so I'm not gonna talk too much about it, but um, just a general editing thing in my world is, I had a teacher in film school that said it's harder to make a good short piece or a great short piece than it is a good long piece. And uh, that always stuck with me that I think if you become like ruthless with what you keep out, the video is that much better. But that being said, this video was the opposite of that. That video turned that thing on its head um, and turned out really good because of it. I really enjoyed working on it, skating, doing, I, I loved the way this video turned out and I'm really happy with it. But with future videos, like right now, I'm working on um, some other stuff that I can't talk too much about until it until it gets unleashed. But um, it's very meticulous, like trying to keep editing tight and trying to... It's like problem solving and going to battle with all of this footage. And like it's like a giant piece of wood that you have to like carve something beautiful out of not beautiful but interesting whatever you can carve all sorts of things out of the piece of wood you can carve something ugly or dark or crazy um and then you like carve a general structure and then you look at it and you're like oh, okay well this goes here this goes here or this would be better if this was here that is the best analogy and so if you're carving something it's what you leave out that um makes the thing look really cool or, or gives you the feeling. Um, also, not cutting sometimes is super powerful. That's something that takes so long to learn is knowing like pacing and rhythm and, and knowing when to keep something a bit longer. Um, the earlier videos were like fast food that way, like um, Cirque du Soleil and so just so that it was like the perfection of the fast food video style where um, it's just pure entertainment and all of your emotions are being spoon fed to you pretty much. And like you can make videos like that. 
Um, but it's good to make other kinds of videos. Um, I'm just going to pause. Thirteen years ago, I did a switch up on a shitty truck stop rail, and my life was never the same. <laughs> Actually, it was exactly the same. I just thought it was better because I did a switch up on a truck stop rail. Man, fuck that rail. Um, I need to talk about something incredibly important. Um, here in Kamloops, this is not a defending thing here at all. This is the truth. I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but if not, it's really interesting. Um, from the very beginning of our skating days, which was, I, I always say like 13 or 14 years, but it's actually like, I don't know, 16 or 17 years because I'm 29 now. I'm gonna be 30 pretty soon, and I definitely started skating around 12 or 13. I can't remember when I got my first grind plates. I, I'll have to, uh, you know, I'll have to consult the historian, the bald version of myself with the pipe and all the books and stuff. Um, but okay, so 17 years. Um, obviously, we watched a lot of videos with handrails, and Caleb's had a lot of good handrails in town, but I didn't hit my first handrail until the K2 days and, and we did we were like we would hit handrails or whatever but we never um if we sessioned handrails it would last for like uh I don't know a short amount of time and if nobody fell like we would try things we would either fucking fall or land the handrail and go down it and always like basic tricks going at a decent speed um we never actually like session handrails. In Kamloops, we were never handrail skaters. Uh, one, we got fucked up on them quite often when we, like, we fell hard from hand. We never learned how to skate them properly. It would be, we would either fall or we would do them. Um, so that was just like, that was ingrained. What did we do? We did lots of uh, stair jumps and ledges. And when we first started creative skating, quote unquote, um, I don't know, like skating around, I guess. Like we would always go to Riverside and there was rails there and it would be like only once in a while, like on a special day, even at the skate park, um, we have that beautiful 12 stair rail, like only once in a while, like once in a blue moon, would we have a session on the rail. There was something for me personally, if I did the rail once that day, like that would be enough for me like I would get everything that I needed from jumping on and sliding down to the bottom um, and honestly I think I have like I don't know I don't know what the number is like solid tricks on rails I never fucking learned alley I can kind grind probably I can do some shit but um, that's just something that has never been a part of Kamloops skating historically probably at a lot of other places uh, people have grown up skating handrails like Alberta was about finding handrails and sessioning handrails and like I felt so uh, self-conscious at those sessions like trying to like force myself to skate the handrail when it was never part of my uh, like my skating history or whatever and, and like I can still you know solo royale handrail if if I had to in a line but um, I'm Maybe I'll try and get some handrails. I'm talking about down rails. That's what I'm talking. I'm not talking about like flat rails or anything like that. You know, I still have some some really lame 
uh, Joey switch-ups that are like ingrained and programmed into my my psyche but um, I'm just not handrails are the one they're super scary I'm not very good at them I'm gonna fall hard um, if I if I miss certain things but um, that I just had to get that off my chest I have done kink rails before I've done numerous kink rails just soul grind I haven't royaled or front-sided a kinker be a really crazy f oh no no sorry no I have royaled a kink rail um, so if you want to watch the pinnacle of my rail skating the peak of my rail skating uh, I had a section from uh, 13 years ago in our in our dark video called illusion it's on our vimeo and uh yeah that that the most rails i've ever done in my life most handrails was in that era of skating and maybe just before it like in k2s when they had like the cheater royale and you could like it wasn't that scary actually so there you go um, when I was on the trip, when I was, when I was traveling, um, it was really crazy to see how important Wi-Fi was. You're in this, like, third world-ish country, and, like, Wi-Fi was really important to all of these middle, upper class, uh, overprivileged white kids, mostly from, uh, Australia and uh, the UK um, and it was so weird to like go to an internet cafe and Facebook would be the home page I felt really pathetic uh, going online and checking my Facebook when I was like in this like beautiful place with limestone mountains and jungles and people who don't even fucking use the internet or don't even fucking care they like they don't care um so one thing was i watched like some skating edits i didn't want to watch too much i only watched like some stuff when it was gone and uh when you have just even a minor little bit of distance from skating uh it really it becomes pure to you when you're gone and you realize how uh silly like the whole online uh oh yeah i should turn my computer off Sorry guys. That's a lot better. I wonder how loud that's going to be. Um, you just realize the whole online culture of creating edits and things like that, it's so amazing on one hand and on the other hand, it's so uh, tiresome and, and boring. But I did see some good stuff. I saw um, there's two things that are popping up. I probably saw better stuff, but um, or a bunch of stuff. That I want to talk about, but there's two. One was uh, one. Here's one that was supposed to be good that I just did not enjoy. That Jeff Stockwell them goods edit. Um, I'll get into that in a sec. I really like the Sean Kelso edit. I can't remember what it was, but it was like a newer Sean Kelso. Oh, originals. Create original Sean Kelso edit. I thought that was really good. I, it looked like futuristic blading, um, except that like that posy thing that he does when he lands, he's doing that a little bit too much. But uh, I really enjoyed the way that was put together. I still fucking DSLRs, man. I use them for work or whatever. But I I think like I haven't watched too much stuff in skating made on DSLRs that like it. I like. I've obviously liked lots of edits made on DSLRs, but there's something about the motion of it and the fucking sound, man. Oh my god. How tinny the sound is on DSLRs, it just breaks my heart. Sound is um, editing it and, and filming and all that stuff. Or sorry, creating uh, edits or movies or whatever. Or it's like 70% sound to me and 30% visuals. Sometimes even less for visuals. Like I could sometimes care less about how something was filmed but if it sounds fucking good if there's like good music and the skating sounds are like sound really nice i'm i'm in that's just my style um so yeah sean kelso 
seen like future blading i like where he's going with it uh the other thing was just something that i watched i was falling asleep at the computer while i was watching it but i just i remembered uh just dave lang at the ail i don't know what edit it was but it just his skating dave lang's skating at this that that woodward thing that makes you think about how rollerblading's definitely dead and it's just the same people going to the event uh, i shouldn't talk shit but it's like sometimes depressing watching how few people go to like a final event ail i'm sure they're building it or whatever but dave lang holy shit guy was a monster like he was skating how i dream about skating like when you have those skating dreams and you're just doing flips and crazy everything and then you wake up and like in the dream you're getting props or people are like you're like fuck yeah people are seeing me like actually skating good for one <laughs> for once because uh, i'm not that good which is something i always want to try and let people know that i'm not actually good at skating but dave lang holy shit and i have a really interesting uh dave lang story i hope he's okay uh talking about this he he was the one that uh i think on youtube posted that i was like a bad dustin latimer no i don't know if it was him maybe pseudo dustin latimer or something like that and then uh it was like years later he replied to the youtube comment and i remember this it was this one youtube comment you could probably find it it was on my part killers section and it was this comment like uh not original this is bullshit like a pseudo dustin latimer and I, and I remember like i lived in vancouver at that time and i wasn't as like strong internally uh, about um like my vancouver era was really dark in my opinion so I remember i was like trying to come up with a really good reply to this comment and then i just never did which turned out to be the right thing to do i was definitely butthurt over this one comment like he uh, it was an intelligent diss um, and then years later finally he uh, he replied to the comment and this was a this is a great moment in YouTube comment history for me or just internet moment in general it was years later and finally like I didn't reply I try not to reply to anything like that at all just because it's ridiculous and then it was like this comment a few years ago I thought I hated this. I thought this was bullshit. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> and that was good. That was, it was cool. Like, everyone has a different vision or style of skating. And I, like, that's gonna, I hope that happens to everyone on some level. Like, not agreeing with something and then years later, whatever it may be, like, maybe even something that I don't like that's happened with bands and albums before. Like, oh man, I, I thought this was so shitty. I remember being really young and making fun of Neil Young and my dad probably just like shaking his head like, oh my God, you're just being like a teenager right now. Like, oh, I just, why did they play Neil Young so much on the Fox? I just, his voice, I can't stand his voice. And then later being like, holy fuck, Neil Young's actually really good. So anyways, that Dave Lang story is awesome. Um, that guy is a monster on skates. There was this one thing where he misty flipped up like this crazy ramp step up gap and then goes up a quarter pipe and then misty flips down it again. Holy shit. Um, he's got a really good name too. Dave Lang. Dave Lang. And he skates on rims too. Big plus. Oh, that reminds me of the next thing I want to talk about. Perfect. Um, I just want to talk about uh, Todd's touched on this before. Skate marketing, although the it's such a small um, activity, holy fuck, man. Jado has the best marketing. Oh, sorry. I'm going to quickly talk about that. <laughs> Jeff Stockwell edit. Um, before I even clicked on this Jeff Stockwell, them goods edit. And don't get me wrong, here's the disclaimer that the skating in it was really good. I enjoyed the skating. I enjoyed how fast he went. That one back backslide was just so fast. Here's why the edit wasn't good for me. Before I even clicked on the edit, 
I had like a like a garage rock or like you know that 50s um, greaser rockabilly uh, or garage rock sound I knew before I even fucking clicked on that thing that there was gonna be one of those songs lo and behold when shit gets that predictable like please please rollerblading can you try and surprise me more often because I swear a large percentage of edits right now like you can look at the the like oh sorry I hit that with you can look at like the freeze of what you're gonna be clicking on and you can predict usually how it's gonna be cut and how what the song is gonna be like there is some exceptions obviously um, that there's been some really high quality stuff that's come out in the last while like um, that Richie edit but as I snap my finger, it was a different song choice, but I I wish there was a different song choice. I fucking love that Richie edit though, holy shit. Anyways, the Jeff Stockwell one. Everything was ruined for me when I realized they just used the same. When you watch any of those Avalo edits, you just know it's gonna be one of those doom, 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 doom. Like, um, I don't know, like leather, like 50s leather jacket rock and roll or whatever um but anyways Jado's marketing holy shit they they make me want to skate Jado's even though i know i don't like those actually so i like those skates one big thing about Jado's that i've said before is i hate the feeling of skating in them the actual act of inline skating like pushing with my feet is one of the worst feelings in those skates. I don't know if it's to do with the frame alignment or um, the the thickness, the amount of material between your foot and the wheels, but like everyone has this really weird style where like you you have to watch really closely when people skate in those skates. It's not you can't take full strides. Like your foot has to lift up. Like you stride and then your foot lifts up and then you stride again. It's not like a full push. Um, it's really hard to explain. It'd be cool to do like a really nerdy edit where every company sent us a pair of skates and we like investigated with like a foot specialist how the foot moves or something or like a ice skating coach about like what skate is the best for uh, power transfer or something like that. Shadow is like the antithesis to um, like power transfer. I always look at those skates as like you get your speed and oh shit you get your speed and you cruise on them like two there's like two paddles under your feet with wheels and like that's how you skate shadows you get your speed and they're planks with wheels two planks with wheels they don't feel like inline skates they're like they're an entirely different way to skate which is not which is definitely not bad at all because once I get used to them I, I switch up the way I skate quite a bit and uh, anyways the Jado brand is brilliant right now I think if every company was to market their skates that way I think Volo's tried but Jado really hits on something like the blog is so amazing when you go and it's like pictures of them out filming for the video and there's there's like uh, hints towards certain tricks and hints towards what people have done and uh really nice shots of the skates and i always think like fuck i want a pair of shadows man if i got shadows i would be able to skate red handrails and do hammers like i would definitely my skating would definitely change if i got shadows and then i realize i always go back to rems and end up skating the same way because i am myself and i need to skate the same way um even like you watch like the Nim, like the Mark Marino edit that just came out and I was like, man, those skates are pretty, pretty clean looking. If I got those, like maybe I could just switch up my style and just start skating a little bit more solid, like, like, uh, like lots of, lots of gaps and, and I'll do more grinds and I'll just be solid with my shit. And then in my head, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, you haven't gone skating in a while here. You were you were gone and you were jet lagged and now you're just watching this bullshit and I, the other side of your brain's telling you, yeah, yeah, if you get these skates, it's the fucking classic. Like, 
So I don't watch TV too much, and I don't like look at magazines too much. But it's crazy. Like you're, I'm still being affected by marketing. I'm still. It's like it's that marketing is all inadequacy. Like these people are really good at skating, and these are the skates that they use. You should get these skates, and your skating is going to be better. I've <laughs> I've been a sucker to that so many times, and. Fuck, I never get better at skating. I don't. I have a very consistent uh, tone. One line that might dip and it might go a little bit higher. But um, as long as I have a pair of rims and I can do some sole grinds and I can slide on my wheels and they feel good for skating, that's pretty much what I need. I don't need, um, I don't need much else. <laughs> I'll talk about my biggest skate crisis ever. Um, and without revealing too much, it was at a point of, in time where I had like more expendable money that I, than I've ever had in my life. And I was seriously the most depressed I've ever been in my life. And I remember in a maybe like a five month span or like half a year or whatever, I went through like four or five different pairs of skates. If you've ever been in a skate crisis, it is so hurtful and and uh, it's bad for the soul. Like you think it's you think it's good for your ego at first, and then it hurts so deeply when you're trying to get. You have a vision of how you're going to be skating in this new pair of skates, and then you realize you have to get used to them, and then you realize they're terrible, and then. Um, your ego takes a hit because like you, you try and build yourself up to skate really good in new skates it's so weird I, I think a lot of people feel this but um so I went through I was skating shadows and it was the first oh it was after filming the first mushroom blading and I had man I switched from the first Latimer skates and then I skated the Farmer so they were both Solomon produced and I remember skating good in both of them but wanting a change that is like always a classic thing in my world is like switching things up evolving and and although I say I stay on a very consistent line it'll go up and down you know that the sway that's the sway right there so what did I get first Oh, um, the pictures of the OS-1 <laughs> got released. And if you remember before actually trying those skates, what the picture looked like, they were like all black with some white parts and they fucking looked like ninja boots. Like they looked so light and uh, minimal. <laughs> and uh, those skates were garbage. It was me, Josh, Brian, and Leon. We all bought those, we all got those skates. And um, within two or th three days or something like that, everyone had ditched them. That was the most uncomfortable liner of all time, was that jug, the jug liner that came in that. Like, skate products um, on a certain level are s like worse than they were in the days of Roses and Solomon <laughs> and K2. Like, skate products can be really bad and those were definitely in the really bad category and then next I got um I was a sucker for the razors the super light boots came out and uh thank god there's no uh evidence of me skating those I like just honestly thought that I would I would they would be super light and the sole would be closer to my foot and I would really enjoy skating them and I remember Josh me and Josh, we both got those skates when they first came out. Josh is like my skate experiment buddy. And uh, I was like, I'm a little bit more like, yeah, you know, th they'll take a little bit to get used to, but um, yeah, they're okay. And Josh, it was the first time I ever saw someone, he dropped into the bowl at Confederation and did actually a really nice line in the bowl. Like he hit all of his grinds, he hit some nice airs, and he just came out of the bowl after trying them once and was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> took them off <laughs> after doing something really good. Cause that guy, Josh Silver is incredible, especially when he skates shadows. So his shadows is like what I am to Rems, but he's actually good at skating. 
Um, so I think he returned to Shadows shortly after, and, like, that guy, holy shit, watching that guy skate in Shadows, he has, like, perfected his, uh, it's like Avatar, your relationship with the animal. Um, that's him in Shadows. So then, after the, like, I skated those for a little bit, and I remember hating my life and hating skating and, uh, being dark on the inside and just not, like, I was putting so much... Uh, faith in skates, new skates delivering, uh, delivering that feeling of skate, the, uh, delivering the freedom and the fun and the adventure that I craved when I go skating. And I was just putting so much faith in the wrong things when actually I just needed to put the faith in myself. You know, that's the moral of the story. It's so true. We, we get marketed to and we think things are going to are gonna things like new skates are gonna turn it around for us and sometimes they do sometimes you get that pair of skates and you're like fuck yes i'm enjoying skating more than ever because of this pair of skates or this frame setup or i'm trying flat again or i'm trying anti-rocker again but this was not happening for me and then i got nymphs and then i got nymphs and then what happened there um i could do really solid grinds could not do much else i was uh I was having an identity and a skate crisis at the same time. And then, uh, what did I go back to after that? And then thankfully, um, I went, I finally got, I think I went back to Shadows for a little bit, which was at least comfortable and um, familiar. And that was good, that was all well and good. And then finally, when we started filming for Mushroom Blading Volume, oh wait a minute, yeah, Mushroom Blading Volume Three, because that's it was later than two. I finally I got REMS again, and I remember, um, I remember like getting used to them for the first bit. I had I was started to, I skated my REMS like I did all of those other hard boot skates for the first bit, and then I took the cuffs off and switched back to the older soles or or something like that. And there was a session at the um, old Poco Park, which, if I can think of a reference, the Ninja Flip 900 uh, footage in Cirque du Soleil. And there's, where else, what else is it in? It's in Cirque du Soleil quite a bit, that park. And it's got really steep hips. Oh, it's in, um, there's a mushroom blading B-side that's at that park too, on, on our Vimeo. And uh, I just remember like, I felt so free and skating was fun again and I felt like I could do anything I wanted on my level and it looked like myself again, you know? Like I did a 540 and I did like a back royale around the corner of this coping and even though my ankles may have bent a bit more because it was rammed, Brian came up to me and after doing like a stale 540 or something he was like, oh you look really comfortable on those skates or something like that and like it uh, that it just all clicked that night and then i remember i would be at work and i couldn't wait to like go out skating in those skates again because the baseball glove you know rims get worked in a little bit more um but to bring it back to the start i kept um i still think about shadows because there are some things that they can deliver in my skating experience my skating is more um one uh linear in shadows but um i do think about if I skated them for like a year or something again what direction my skating would go in but I always go back to REMS and I think I said this in another podcast but you can go through my notebooks and there might be in large capitals stay with REMS you fucking idiot because um, every time I go back to them I'm like oh my god this is just these are the skates that I need to be skating in um, so I just wanted to that was a tangent from um everythingshadow.com <laughs> that's the the plug for the the company that I get nothing from except I've spent money on their skates countless times <laughs> I love their marketing I love I love what Shadow's doing um, I think their team is amazing I can't wait for their video I, I'll only get I, I hope Dustin Wabeski Wabeski has a, a section in that um, yeah, I really hope he does. Oh, fuck Kevin Yee. So this is the final thing I'm going to talk about. 
because um, the shadow video made me think about it. And then I'm, I'm gonna, I gotta do some work. It's it's early here. I forgot to tell you. Um, I woke up and I made coffee and I'm I'm just wanted to record a podcast to get to get some creative momentum going. Because I, I, I have to return to the practical world, you know. Like I'm still recovering from uh, the experience of editing that video, I got drained hardcore. I don't know, I can talk about it in the next podcast, but being possessed uh, by creativity takes a lot out of you. Like if I could have just slept for three or four days and um, zoned out and just watched some movies or something, I would have loved to, but I had had some work to do. So um, it's morning and it's uh, looks like it's gonna snow today. It looks really Canadian outside for people who don't live in Canada. Outside of my window looks like um, a, a cliched uh, painting of Canada with uh, trees and snow-capped, snow-kissed mountains and um, pale blues and greens and yellows. Um, it's a slice of Canadiana outside my window, apart from the construction across the street, which is still happening. Um, but that's Canadian too, I guess, because like those guys are going to go to the pub later and, and talk about Canucks and they'll be like, oh yeah, fuck. So me and buddy were just fucking loser pissed or whatever. And then my, like the contract manager fucking came in and he's like, so what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, oh fuck, whatever. Just sit down and have a fucking drink with us. And then we were just fucking loser pissed. And then this guy comes in and he's like, fuck. And then I was just like, oh fuck fuck you and so buddy's girlfriend got in there and then like whatever but he was a Burroughs fan so it was fine you know we got that there's like that those guys actually exist that was like me making a generalization about construction workers but if you go into a sports pub you'll know you'll see um uh, okay, oh, videos, that was my final thing. So, Shadow Video, fucking stoked. Oh, Shadow 2.0, too. What a little cock tease. They, like, blur out the photos of it. I'm, I will try those skates uh, if the cuff isn't halfway up my ankle or halfway up my leg, like it looks like in the photos. But I'm stoked to see what those are going to be like. I definitely want to try those skates. I really want to try those Seba skates, too, that Todd was talking about. Um, I think there's lots going to be happening with those. If, uh, if Leon starts carrying them at the shop, um, you'll probably see more people skating in them. I'm, ex- I'm really excited about that. Uh, I hope Todd can get Leon on a podcast. I'm, I'm going to be phoning him later today, but it's a lot of confidential stuff that we're going to be talking about. So he's one of my favorite skaters, Leon. Um, mm. So what I'm hoping for is between Todd, Dana, and I, and hopefully Madar and whoever comes up, um, because Christmas is coming very soon, there is the Fester video, there is the Inri video, and there's the Shock video. Like, holy shit, what a good fucking lineup of rollerblading videos. So I want to get everyone together. We could maybe do... Um, a series of them and I want to do video review podcasts um, for each video um, where we drink beer or um, wacky tobacky you know whatever and watch these videos and then have like a review slash bullshit session after we watch them I really hope we can do that because that's a good I can't remember the last time I've always been excited for holiday videos and then consistently disappointed um, but these three videos, Inri and Shock, have like that, um, that like lo-fi shot on SD, badass kind of like low production quality with probably really good music and good skating vibe. And then what was the other one that I said? Oh yeah, Fester. Holy shit, Fester is probably gonna be um, one of the better stunt videos, quote unquote, since. Since leading the blind, I'm really stoked for the Fester video. I hope I'm not let down. I'm what a lineup. Um, so that's to come, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll do some commentary podcasts. Um, Todd and I are gonna start filming for, and if Dana's up too, yeah, we're gonna start filming for Mushroom Blading Volume 
seven or eight, I'm not sure which one this is going to be. And uh, that's it for now. I'll definitely, definitely oh, record a follow-up podcast. I want to podcast lots because it's winter and we can't skate. And I'm going to be editing lots of cool stuff. And uh, I, d I actually don't have a song queued up because I turned the computer off. So the Mac, the dun, is going to be the outgoing thing. Thanks, guys. Thanks for hanging out with me, and I'll talk with you soon, okay? Bye.